verse number 14. Amen. Just going to read 14, 15, and 16 together. We'll ask the Lord to bless his word tonight, and then we'll dig into what the Apostle Paul had to say, the Apostle Peter had to say. Amen. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, said unto them, You men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known to you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Amen. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Amen. We're going to begin to dig into the book of Acts, lesson number 10 tonight. Let's, uh, let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Amen. Open our hearts and our minds to be receptive to the word of the Lord. Lord, we love you. My God, I thank you for your grace and mercy. You are wonderful and mighty, Jesus. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come and to magnify you and to glorify your holy name. God, I pray today, God, that you would allow us to find that place in the Holy Ghost where you would have us to abide. God, I'm asking that you would open our hearts and our minds to be receptive to your word in this house. God, bind us together, Lord, in the unity of the Spirit, I pray. Lord, we give you honor and we give you praise today. Can we give my a hand clap of praise here tonight? Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we magnify you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. You can be seated tonight. Amen. Praise God. Well, Acts chapter number 2, we're still there. Still digging, amen. But I, I'm going to endeavor to do this evening is I want to dig into what what it was that Peter was preaching about on the day of Pentecost, amen. And I don't know, I didn't make mention of it. I failed to do so. But this past Sunday was Pentecost Sunday, and uh, you know one thing that I, I'm a little bit jealous of is my brother and the bishop were able to go to what they think it's not. There's more speculation that it's probably not that place, but the place that they say is the upper room that Jesus was in the night of Passover, and that that, that was the upper room in which they the Holy Ghost fell, and they were able to be there on the day of Pentecost, um, which was actually I think Friday um, in their in in Israel, and so I. I, I thought that was pretty cool that they could do that, and uh, maybe one day, maybe one day we'll be able to do that. But here we are, we're in the house of the Lord, we're here the Wednesday night after the day of Pentecost that we know, and uh, you know what, I'm still thankful that we have the opportunity to declare the word of God without fear or favor in this day and this age. Amen, there are plenty out there that that are watering down doctrines. There are plenty out there that are, are out there just um, as the word of God says, men are heaping unto themselves teachers having itching ears. The teachers didn't have itching ears. The people had itching ears. And they're just looking for somebody to come by and make them feel a little bit better. Scrat, tickle the air a little bit. Make sure that everything's all right. Amen. And, you know, I... I 
I, I do like to encourage. I do like to encourage. I like to encourage a lot. Amen. I, I wish that that's what all of my preaching could be, is just encouraging preaching. However, the scripture teaches me that we, ought, we have the word of God for three purposes. We have the word of God for correction, for reproof, and the last one is, you could, you could, you could uh, say it, for encouragement. But two out of the three is correcting me. Correction and reproof. The word of the Lord was given to me for sound doctrine. Amen. Praise God. I, in fact, if you don't mind, I did two nines already. Huh? Okay. Sorry. This is uh, lesson 11. I got it mislabeled. I can't count. Amen. Can somebody find that Bible verse for me? I want to. I want to bring that up. That one that I was just. I was just alluding to. Amen. The word of God is powerful. I had I heard somebody say the other day, and I and I'm, I'm going to get into this portion of the Word of God, but I, I want I want to establish something. I know a couple of weeks ago, in fact, yeah, I, I know a couple of weeks ago that we talked about the importance of the preacher and the role of the preacher in our lives, and I'm talking about myself as well, not just me to you, but I need preaching in my life, and uh, I need I need guidance in my life. Why? Because it was by the foolishness of preaching that he chose to save them which believe. Amen. And so the apostle Peter, he was there preaching on the day of Pentecost. You know, the angels that stood by them in white apparel on the day on uh, when when Jesus was ascended into heaven, he could have given them they could have given them the Holy Ghost. He, they could have told that population those folks there that day on the day of Pentecost what what to do to be saved. They could have very well done that. But because God sets forth precedence, which simply means he sets forth an order of how he likes to do things. Does that make sense? A precedent is just how things were done the first time. And if you ever think about that, you say, okay, I'm going to show my kids how to do something, right? You're showing them how to go about a certain thing. Well, that's how God does for us, and that's why we got to understand it's very important that when we see something for the first time in the Scripture, that we mark it down, honey, and say, hey, I want to pay special attention to what's going on because this is the first time this has happened in the Word of God. And Acts chapter 2 is the first time anybody had received the gift of the Holy Ghost, as evidenced by speaking in other tongues. And then Peter got up and he was preaching. That's why I'm spending so much time in this passage because there's so much that we need to make sure that we understand and that we get a hold of because this was the first time and God always sets forth the order for all things in the beginning. Go to Genesis chapter 1. You're going to find God shows us how everything came to be. And you know what precedent he set forth in the beginning of time? was his word being spoken can bring life. And his word still today, when it's spoken, can bring life. Well, glory. 
Man, did you find that verse yet? What is it? 2 Timothy 3 and 16. All scripture is given to us from above. He breathed every single last word in this book. And I need to get a hold of every word that I can. Can I get an amen? Jesus told us that it was his word that he has exalted even above his name. So it's, I had somebody call me the other day. In fact, if I don't see her before then, let Christy know that Diane called me, I think it's her name, yesterday, and she's wanting somebody to come pick her up from the assisted living place down there in, in Pleasanton. So I'm saying that out loud now, so if I don't, where she works at. She wants, she wants somebody to come get her and bring her to church. So we're going to have to get some volunteers to help me make sure that we get her to come to church. So anyway, <clears throat> it'd be good if we could kind of get a, a rotation going because that it would help uh, not burn other folks out. But this is an opportunity that God's given to us. Not This week, this week, we've been talking about reaching the lost. We've been talking about reaching the community. I've had two phone calls. I haven't had phone calls come to the church number. I don't know how long. I don't even know where they're getting my number, the church number right now because I just went today and our website's down for some reason and I haven't had time to fix it. So anyway, maybe I think it's on Facebook too and uh, maybe Instagram. But anyway, all that being said, God's doing some stuff right now. I know life is crazy. I know things are happening in our lives. But at the same time, we've got to be willing not to be so wrapped up in ourselves that we can't see the bigger picture and see what God's doing. And be willing to say, all right, God, I'm putting my life on pause for just a little while, and I'm going to go help somebody else. And watch God take that, and he ends up blessing you for it. And that way you can bless somebody else again. And then you help them, and you finish blessing them. God blesses you again. And guess what? If you keep if you keep blessing others with what God blessing you with, you keep getting blessed. It's just how it works. Amen. Amen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. The word of God is profitable for doctrine, for teaching. That's what he gave it to us for. And for reproof. We all understand what reproof is, right? Mateo has no idea what reproof is all about. Correction and for instruction in righteousness. Everybody, I, I've heard this say said a few times, you know, well, preacher, you're just supposed to help us and encourage us and, and to, to help us uh, uh, feel like we're doing all right. And yes, I want to do that as often as I can. But sometimes the only way to do that is to get into the word of the Lord and say, hey, this is what God expects of your life, and you need to live it. And you know what? I've had, I've had my pastor come to me a few times, and he say, hey, you know what I've been teaching you. Why haven't you applied it? And sometimes, it, look, sometimes as human beings, we need somebody to come and say, hey, come on, man. I've been telling you the same thing how many times now? It's time, it's time for you to put that thing into action. 
Amen. And you know what? Thank God there were times that he was able to say, hey, son, I need you to wake up. I need you to realize I've been talking to you, and I need you to wake up and realize you need to apply those things. And every time I applied them, after every time I applied them without him coming to me, I was blessed. But I, I began to realize, Brother Mendez, that there were a lot of things that, you know, if I would just align myself to the word of the Lord. Well, it's quiet tonight, but it is the truth. If I would learn to align myself with the word of the Lord, whether it's from me reading the word of God or God sending a preacher to proclaim to me his word. That's why it's important that the man of God stay in the word of God. I'm not here to build a social club. I'm here to build a, a group of people that are rooted and grounded upon one thing and one thing only, and it's not Pastor Hilton. It's upon the word of God. Hallelujah. We read this scripture at Blue and, and Rini's house the other night, but I, I, it's coming to my mind once again. I want you to think about this. Amen. Very easy verse to get to and. Psalms chapter number one. I'm not going to make the same point I made at their house, although it's a valid one. But blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth, standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the, what's that word? In the law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? It's the word. You need to delight yourself in this. Let me tell you something. Oh, I got to be careful. If your favorite thing is to watch and binge on, on YouTube, my friend, there's a lot of stuff that is in there that, that you're delighting in that may not be so proper and be so, so wholesome to your soul. But the Bible says that I ought to delight myself in the law of the Lord. And in his law, I should meditate day and night. You say, you, you mean I need to read this and soak in this? Absolutely. Why not? Does that mean you can't read or do anything else? No, that doesn't mean that. But I'm telling you, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work with Camden a little bit, aren't we, buddy? We're trying to work together, learning how to love to read the Word of God before video games, before, before watching any, any, any uh, Duke Perfect every once in a while, before going and, 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 and having a good time and enjoying the things that I enjoy. I need to pick up the Word of God. Why? Because this is my foundation. And if I'm built on something else and then this is just laid on top, that, it's not going to last, my friend. Amen. You're going to have to end up finding yourself, picking yourself back up and, and, and trying to put things back together. Amen. And the Bible says if you are delighting yourself in the law of the Lord and meditating day and night upon the law of the Lord and you are walking in the righteousness of God, you're not walking according to the counsel of the ungodly. Well, Glory. You're not walking in the way of sinners. And you're not walking or sitting in the seat of the scornful. Now, I, I could break it down, and I'm not going to tonight, but I, I just want you to understand the next verse, in verse number three, he shall be like a tree. 
planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. doesn't mean you'll get rich. It means it's going to be prosperous. You're going to be able to bless others and then help, help others to prosper. Amen. There's, uh, I'm telling you, folks, there's a bunch of junk going on in this world and even in the Pentecostal or the church world that people are saying, well, you know what? God sent Noah and God sent Abraham out there and he said, I, I'm going to make you to prosper, Abraham. Amen. And yes, Abraham, was he, he ended up being a rich man. Amen. But it was only one reason why, and that was because he was obedient to the Lord. And God blessed him and blessed him. And you know what? The other part was, not only was he obedient to the word of the Lord when God said go, but he was also good to others. He blessed others. Well, I want to take what God's given me, and I want to give it to somebody else. And that means, I was preaching a couple weeks ago in Olathe. I said, you know, I, I had Brother uh, uh, Nelson and Brother Goff over there, and I said, you know, Sometimes, brother, you, you know, you got to go help somebody. And they had glasses, and I, I had him pour some of his on into Brother Nelson's glass. Brother Goff pour some into Brother Nelson's glass. And I said, you know, I said, he's given of himself to Brother Nelson. Now, he can't get full from bro what Brother Goff has given to Brother Nelson, but I can tell you this. What he can do is whet his appetite for what Brother Goff's got. That's the Holy Ghost. And what's going to happen is, Brother Goff's going to use some of what he's got. So, you see this bottle's not full, right? I used some of it already. But I'm going to use some more throughout the evening. And something's going to happen. If we didn't have other bottles in there, somebody would have to go fill this up again. So that I could have some more water to keep on going. Just like you... You're going to go out there, you're going to bless somebody, you're going to help somebody. You know, I thought it was ironic, I, I'm, I'm so far away right now, but think about the grace of God. The Apostle Paul said, and great grace be upon you all in some of his writings. Now, how can Paul be able to spare some grace to the church? If he's just living on just enough for himself. You can't. Otherwise he's going to be empty. But he's constantly asking God. He, in fact he told the church pray for us. On a regular basis. We need more grace. So we can give more grace. And when we are low on grace. We need to go back. And we need to get in Tune with the Holy Ghost so that we can have more grace, so that we can then go share more grace. Here we are, doing what Jesus said. Go ye therefore and teach. Go out there and minister. Go out there and work in your community, in your family. Amen. And, and I'll tell you what, when, you, when people are surrounding you and they see what you're doing, guess what? They're going to start doing some, some very similar things, and it's going to spurt Spark some, uh, some, it's going to spark some uh, fire that's there saying, hey, I want some of that. I need some of what you got. And that's what's happening here in the book of Acts chapter number two. 
Amen. Last week we talked about being, being uh, they, they were, they were uh, making fun of the people. They were saying, hey, these people are drunk with new wine. And, and Peter, he, he, he responded to the scoffers. And he, he spent time, he, he spent just a small amount of time saying, hey, I don't want you to think these guys are drunk with new wine. He said, look, they're not intoxicated. And we talked about this last week. But he said, look, I want you to understand one thing. Amen. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This isn't intoxication. This has nothing to do with sinful man. It has everything to do with redeemed man. <laughs> this has everything to do with what God is changing on the inside of these people. And so the apostle Peter begins to preach in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 16. And, and he begins to say these things. He said, but this is that in verse 16 which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. And all my servants and all my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Amen. Now the apostle Peter was quoting from an old prophet whose name was Joel. <laughs> Very simple, right? And so I want to take us back to what the prophet Joel actually said. And you're going to see that he was almost quoting verbatim what the, what the, the old prophet had to say. Joel chapter number 2, verses Joel chapter 2 verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, it, in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens above, and in the heavens and in the earth, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and, no, and the terrible day of the, who? The Lord. If you see in that passage, I don't know if it's, it's not doing it here, but if you look in your Bible, most likely you'll see Lord in all low, lower, lower caps. I don't know what you call that. Um. It's all capital letters, right? L-O-R-D, all capital letters. The writers of the King James especially, uh, they used this uh, to signify that this was actually Yahweh or Jehovah in the original. And uh, so here, the, the terrible day of Yahweh or Jehovah is come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of Jehovah, right? shall be delivered, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as 
Jehovah has said, and in the remnant whom Jehovah or Yahweh shall call. Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse 17 and Joel chapter 2 and verse 29, the scripture tells us, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. That means Samaritans and Gentiles will be saved, not just the Jews. This prophecy Joel was, was, was prophesying was to all of mankind. It was in God's plan to save everyone. Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse 21 and Joel chapter 2 and verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or that word could also be translated delivered. Amen. And then I, I want you to consider with me, understanding what Peter said at the beginning of his message, he said, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a very common phrase in Christianity today. But I want you to see it. I want you to see Peter's response when they asked Peter, what do we do? How can we fix what we've messed up? In verse number 37. I'm, I'm not going to go to verse 37 today. Amen. But it's always, it's already there. Amen. Now when they heard this, verse 37 said, They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what must we do? When Peter answered them in verse 38, he didn't tell them, I already told you what you need to do. Back in verse number 21, where he said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But no, he said this. I all, he said in verse 38, repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He wanted to emphasize it's got to go beyond just confessing. It's got to go beyond just believing. It's just got to go beyond just calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. You can call on the name of the Lord and he'll help you. He'll heal you. He said he would. Amen. But he, he said you're, you're not going to receive salvation by just simply confessing. He said you've got to repent. You've got to change from your old wicked ways. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not some of you, but he said every single one of you. Well, hallelujah. The apostle Paul's conversion fell in line with what Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 22 and verse number 16. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. In this passage, you see, uh, amen, it's not just uh, baptism that was saving him, nor was it just calling on the name of the Lord, but there was something that happened here, amen, in Paul's life uh, that realized that he realized, I've got to get rid of this old man. I've got to get my sins remitted. I've got to get them removed, and I've got to do something about it, and I've got to do it in the name of Jesus. 
When you get baptized in Jesus' name, the name of the Lord is called over you. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 and 14. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, I, I want to go on a, on a quick little tangent because I, I, want, I, want, I want you to understand some things. I've, I've read some articles from some elders over the last six months or so talking about this subject, and, and I want you to consider with me the Apostle Peter, I don't know, maybe I talked to somebody about this recently here in this church, but the Apostle Peter said this. He said, you know, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, if... Peter is standing there before all of those people and he says this. What is this referring to? What's happening? What they're questioning about? What they're making fun of them for? What you're, what you're, what you're scoffing at, what you're saying is intoxication is not intoxication, but this is that. What's that which was spoken by the prophet Joel? You say, what, what, do you, what do you mean by all this? I just want you to consider with me. Under the unction of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the apostle Peter said that what you're seeing today is a direct fulfillment of what the prophet Joel said. Here's where I got a problem with some interpretations of this. I've heard preached there's going to be a great end time revival. There's going to be all these wonderful things happening. People are going to have dreams and, and people are going to see visions and, 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 and handmaidens and, and, and all of these young men and these old men, they're all going to be united in under, under the power of the Holy Ghost. And, and yeah, that's it. That's right. That's exactly right. But Peter said that what Joel said wasn't talking about the second coming of the Lord. He said it's already happened. Because Yahweh or Jehovah has now come. He was the one who hung up on the tree. And he even preached, and we're going to get to it later on, but he even preached to the people there that day. He said, look, I want you to understand, you are the ones that hung our Lord upon the cross. You did that. What you're seeing here is direct fulfillment of what Joel said. It was after the dark skies came in the middle of the day. I didn't put any of these in my notes, but I want you to consider with me. You go back to Calvary. What happened when Jesus died? The sun went dark. There was earthquakes. There was all kinds of things happening. And here, the apostle Peter now preaching the first message, amen, from that's ever been preached in the church age. And he said, this is what Joel was talking about. 
Yes, we're going to see a great outpouring, Brother Blue. But it's, it's going to happen from this day forward. We are living in the last days, according to the Apostle Peter. Amen. We, we've been living in the last days uh, ever since uh, Peter preached that message. Uh, amen. And we are, we are watching time after time great revivals break out. We're watching people be filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe that God wants to send a mighty revival. I do. But let me tell you something. He's already sent some pretty awesome revivals across this world, even of late. And I want you to understand something. The more that I read in the word of God, the second coming, there's more of a depiction of people walking away from the house of the Lord than I see of the promise of many coming to the house of the Lord. I pray to God that I don't, I'm not one of those that ends up turning my back on what the great falling away as we know it today. Amen. I don't want to walk away from the Lord. I don't have time to play games with God. Hey, let me tell you something. We're living in the day and the age in which God is pouring out his spirit. Not was, not has in the past, but yes, he has done it in the past, but he's still doing it today. The Lord is still working in our midst. Because that's who he is. He keeps his promises. He keeps pressing on. He keeps pressing us on. He keeps lifting us up. He keeps pulling us out of the muck and mire and putting our feet back up on the straight street. Amen. Not, not everybody is going to have an opportunity, amen, to come back to him over and over and over and over again. But thank God that his grace and his mercy is still reaching to us that are, that are fallible, that are keep falling on our face. He keeps saying, I love you so much. I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to help you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. There is no way I'm going to get through the rest of this. This thing says I got two minutes left. Amen. I, 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 want, I want us to understand we're living in the day in which God is pouring his spirit out. I, I can't emphasize enough. I can't wait for the day that little, little Mateo here, not so little no more, but Little Mateo here gets filled with the Holy Ghost. And he comes to me one day and he says, Pastor, I had a dream last night. And this is what I saw. I'll never forget. Came in the first time. I was praying in the prayer room in the front of the church. No Latham, I'll never forget it as long as I live. We'd just come off a seven-day fast. And I'm sitting there praying. Everybody else had done finished praying, and they all left. My pastor is in his office. My parents had already gone home. And I got up, and God showed me a, a, a vision on that front pew. And I went and gave it, spoke to my father-in-law. I said, hey, here you go. This is what I feel like God said to me. And not too long ago, I, I woke up with that same dream again. Let me tell you, folks, God still works. God still talks to us. If you want God to talk to you, you need to be in a place and you need to prepare your heart and your mind to receive what he wants to say to you. You say, man, I, I, let me tell you, I want to say thank you to everybody that fasted today. Thank you so much. 
Amen. I'll tell you what, I wanted coffee so bad today, Sister Rini. I still have not had coffee yet. Amen. I did, I did get a Dr. Pepper at dinner. I, ho I hope it tasted really good for you and me. <laughs> I'm going to get coffee tomorrow. I, I've, I have been very lenient in our fastings in the past. Okay, yes, yeah, I have. That's why, that's why when you said no coffee, I'm like, I think I know how you are now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Well, I, I, I do want to do this every week. I do want to do this. You know why? I'm, I'm trying to get our hearts and our minds prepped and get our, get our, our lives saying, okay, God, here I am. Whatever it is that you want to do through me, use me somehow. But I want to be pure. I want to get rid of me. And, and I do encourage you, don't just, if you feel impressed to do it more than just the day that we're doing it as a church, please do that. Whatever that sacrifice looks for you, please do that. Camden asked my wife this morning, he said, hey, can I fast from doing chores and Facebook? And I text my wife back, she texts me, that, and I said, he don't even have Facebook. And, he, and my wife said, he said, well, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's how many pe people like to fast. That's how many people like to live for God, too. If it's uncomfortable, they don't want to do it, right? But at the end of the day, I, I want us to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I want I want so bad, guys, that when the Holy Ghost sweeps into a sanctuary, God speaks to our hearts, and that you know that you've heard from God, and you walk over to a brother or sister, you pray with them, and God gives you a word of encouragement for them, a word of knowledge that would that would be able to help them that only you could know if God gave it to you. Not everybody's going to give tongues and interpretation. Not everybody's going to have the gift of faith. Not everybody's good, but I believe that we should be operating in the gifts of the Spirit every single time we come together. Maybe I should take it a step further. We ought to operate in the gifts of the Spirit when we're not at church. Amen? I want the Holy Ghost to have its way. I want to, I want to operate together in the unity of the Spirit. Can't wait till the day comes. That every day we have those doors open, somebody's coming in and God's changing lives. God's healing. God's delivering. God's raising up. He can do it, folks. I believe it's the will of God for that to happen. This, this church ought to be known as the soul-saving station. This ought to be a healing place. This ought to be a place where people can come and understand when I walk through those doors, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt. And if they're struggling with their belief, there's a group of people in this church that says, hey, you may have a little bit of doubt, but let us help you with our faith. Let us help you. Amen. And, and we can pray with them and God can reach down and, and change their lives forever. I'm not trying to drum up some charismatic ideology that, that, that we need to be laying hands on people. In fact, there's a whole... In, I, there is a doctrine of laying on of hands in the scripture, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that one day. 
But I, I want you to understand it's, it's imperative that we understand God longs to use us. But we've got to be willing to step out of our comfort zone and allow the Holy Ghost to move in our midst. There's people stirred like I've never seen people stirred before in my entire life. People calling me, people talking to me, folks that I didn't even think really cared about anything godly start talking to me. What do you think about such and such? Well, I, this is how I, you know, this is how I see it in the Word of God. And begin to talk to them, and, and they begin to realize, you know, there's something to this religious stuff, religious, religious ideologies, religious things that that you've got to understand. We're not just going through the motions, folks. We shouldn't be going through the motions. If you are, we need to wake up. It is high time that the church of God arise out of sleep and get back up on our feet and begin to battle for the things of God. And on that note, I want us to stand to our feet right now. And I want you, I, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but if you want to be used by God, I want you to call on the name of the Lord and just say, Lord, here I am. God, if I've been playing games, I'm done playing games. Here I am. I want to be used by you. God, I want you, 